quieter than I am. That's fine. Go ahead. Sure. Yep. Whenever okay. you're ready. Welcome to Welcome Distractions. This is Mitchell Kral talking. I'm here with Benson Anderson. How you doing, Benson? Doing good, Mitch. Good, good. So we're doing a sports uh, conversation today. Uh, it's a great time to talk about it. We got the baseball playoffs starting. We just had the end of the first quarter of the NFL season and yep. uh, preseason basketball, as you mentioned. So yeah. we got, it's a great time to be a sports fan, and it's a great time to do a sports podcast. It's a great time also because there's not a whole lot happening. I mean, as we have the NL wildcard game being played behind us, like yes. there is a sort of lull because the division series don't start up until this weekend. Yeah. And obviously preseason basketball has just begun, so yep. the, that season doesn't end and doesn't, doesn't begin rather until like mid-late October. And um, obviously, a Tuesday, there's no professional football being played. So a nice time to like sort of gather ourselves and prepare for the next month or so. Yeah, and and, and certainly those uh, division series in baseball are kind of hectic. They're like, you know, start, some days have four games. Yeah, so like it, Friday. Yeah, yeah, that'll be and intense. I know our hometown Indians play at 2 p.m. I'm yeah. kind of pissed because that's when I come. That's when I go into work. That is so. annoying. I'm. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't uh, wait until the AL wildcard game to say what times things were. Because if the A's win, I would think the Indians-Astros would get the prime time. Whereas if the Yankees-Red Sox win, they obviously want that for prime time. Right. And, and you know if the Yankees win and it's Yankees-Red Sox that the Indians and the Astros are going to be like demoted to second class. Which is bizarre because you're talking Sox. about the defending World Series champions. Yeah. And um, the uh, before that, the AL champs from the previous year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we we decided, despite this natural conversation, I'm just going to throw a halt in it, and we decided we'd talk about the NFL first, just yep. because it's more looking back at the first quarter of the season rather than looking forward to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at the scores here, and this was a really interesting week of, of football. I think it's been an interesting season. I mean, just plain and simple, like, there are only two teams now, I believe, with no wins. Yep. No, actually, now I believe it's one because the Texans won. Just the Cardinals. Um, just the Cardinals yeah. now with no wins, and there have been two ties. Yep. And uh, we had four overtime games in this past week alone, I believe. Yeah. Well, uh, so so my question for you, my, my kind of kickoff question was going to sure. be, you know, so, so the Bengals beat the Falcons 37-36. The Rams beat the Vikings 38-31. I'm just naming all these interesting games. The Bears kicked their bucks ass. Like, I mean, the Titans lost to the Eagles, or Titans beat the Eagles. Eagles lost again. Who, who, the Patriots killed the Dolphins. There were a lot of interesting games. So who did we learn the most about this week? What do you think? Like, I, I, I don't feel like I have a good handle on most of these teams. I, I can't buy that the Steelers are bad, even though they haven't been good. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, same with like the Chargers. I thought the Chargers were going to be good going into the season. They just beat the terrible 49ers by two. Yeah, with a with a backup quarterback um, coming in for a guy who they invested a lot of money in. Right. So so my question for you is, is what do what did we learn this week? Because I still feel like I don't know much. I think we learned a lot about the Tennessee Titans. Really? Maybe more so than any other team this week. Um, They played a complete game against the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. Yeah, obviously they have Carson Wentz still kind of shaking the rust off maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Alshon Jeffrey came back and was right there. He was good. Um, he had over 100 yards receiving, I believe, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wentz so, looked good. Yeah, Wentz looked good as well. Um, and I think the Titans, a playoff team last year, but were sort of like the black sheep of the playoff teams, if not the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but both the <laughs> I both guess the, both the Bills and the Titans were kind of the black sheep. But they they were absolutely black um, sheep. Titans. I believe got to the next round. I believe they won their first playoff game. Yeah, they beat the Chiefs, right? And then they got smoked by New England. Yeah. But 
Um, I think we learned a lot about the Tennessee Titans. I think we learned maybe a little bit about the Miami Dolphins as well. Oh, they stink. Um, they were a team that I was looking at um, going into this week because they were 3-0, and they'd yeah. won every game by a score. So a, a single score, yeah. no more than eight points had they won a game right. by. And, um, and, and they got that crazy run by Albert Wilson last week. I mean, you know, and Albert Wilson from the Chiefs, like if he was a real talent, you don't you think the Chiefs would have kept him? Probably. Like, Andy Reid knows what's up. Yeah, or if he were inexpendable. I mean, the Chiefs have such a multifaceted offense. We can get to them later because they were on the Monday night game last night. Yeah. Um, but the Dolphins are very fortunate that they won those first three games because I think they probably have three more wins on the schedule. Yep. With, with playing the Jets one more time, and they have not played the Bills yet. So they, Yeah, so that's three gimmies. And so that puts them at that, that six-win mark, and the rest of their schedule is brutal yeah. I and mean, i think the afc east plays the nfc north which is looking really good yeah just in general i mean i think there are, i think every division looks really good in, in, in professional football i mean there's obviously outliers i mean the um, afc the, east i don't think looks very good and the nfc west also uh, now, yeah. with the grappolo injury it looks like the rams could probably clinch that yesterday here's a question for you sure what are the chances that the rams go undefeated they're really good um that's a good question. I haven't taken a, a, a huge, deep look at their schedule. Yeah. Um, they did look susceptible a little bit to a Vikings offense that has looked on and off okay. Yeah. Um, the they, Vikings now look pretty beatable. I yeah. Mean, they were a well, favorite. I thought the Rams kind of were in control of that game the whole time. It they, seemed that they way. They looked like they were. It seemed that way. The scoreboard might not suggest it. Um, they've got a couple of tough ones here coming up. They have the Saints on November 4th. Before that, they have the Packers the week before. So that's a tough two-week stretch. Yeah. They play the Chiefs. Chiefs are great. So that's yeah. going to be interesting. They do that's... play the Chicago Bears, and they do play the Philadelphia Eagles. So... Are we sure the Eagles are that good? I mean, No. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced. I, I mean, I know they won the Super Bowl last year, obviously, but that is a different team. I mean, they gave up points to the Bucks, and I know the Bucks started hot. They just gave up 26 to the Titans. Mariota's not good. Yeah. He's not good. Um, yeah, Mariota, um, I don't believe, played that game. Really? Oh, uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, I, you're right. Mariota did come back and play in that yeah. game. It was Gabbert for, the, for a couple of weeks there because Mariota was hurt. Um, what's maybe to the, to the Rams' detriment in terms of going undefeated is that they've already played three division games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they um, only have three more division games left to play in what is looking like a really weak division. Right. Um, and a lot of their... Out of division games, I think, with the exception of maybe the Detroit Lions, yeah, are tough. Yeah, they play out of division. They play the Packers, the Saints, the the Chiefs, the Lions, the Bears, and that's it. Oh, and the Eagles. Yeah, that's a that's a tough, but that's what you expect. That's how the NFL schedule works, which is kind of cool. I actually really like the NFL schedule. I think it'd be really tough this season to look at a team's schedule for the rest of the year and say, oh, that's really easy. Yeah, it's a, it feels very even. It feels like any team, I mean, except the Cardinals and maybe the Bills. But even the Bills. I mean, the Bills beat the Vikings. What the heck? In Minnesota. Yeah. Well, I think, honestly, I'm taking nothing from that game. No, and I think the general consensus nationwide is that every good team has a stinker. Of a game. Yeah, it takes a special team not to. Yeah, they come in and they think they've got it made. They're at home. They're Mm -hmm. playing a rookie quarterback who's looked abhorrent. Yeah. Um, That game aside, although they had a... 
they had a good game plan for him. I'll put that in quotation marks because you don't draft Josh Allen to throw a lot of swing passes and dump offs. Right. Um, you draft Josh Allen to make take deep shots down the field, and those don't look very good legs. at all. Yeah. Um, his his deep pa- deep passes look really bad. Um, the Jaguars dominated the Jets, also yeah. on offense. They scored thirty one points. Jets. No, oh, yeah. The yeah. Jaguars dominated the Jets. Sorry, so, I didn't going, realize we moved on to the different game. No, go, going back to your initial <laughs> question of who do we learn a lot about, I think the Jags beating up on the Jets says a lot about them because they were playing some close games with some maybe not so great teams. Um, oh, you think? But the we said the good. Titans are good, yeah. so that's nine and they, and they, they won that the game nine six. They did beat the Patriots. They that beat was, the Patriots handily. They did. Yeah. And the Patriots were looking real bad. I don't know, but the Patriots are on track now with a thwomping of the Miami Dolphins. But hard to know. I mean, those teams know each other well. They do. I mean, I, 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 people are quick to always jump on the the Patriots, but it seems like every time this happens, the Patriots figure it out. Yeah, they tend to not start very well. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Um, At least not anymore. Yeah. Like they, they, like, uh, you know, Tom Brady needs a few weeks to like kick the osteoarthritis out of his knees before. <laughs> <he> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Loosen up the arm a little bit. That's right. That's right. Because he plays like. A possession in preseason. <laughs> he <laughs> exactly. sits the rest out. He's like, I got to drive. Throws touchdown pass. He's like, all right, I'm good. I'll Look, see why you. wouldn't he? I'll see you week one. Exactly. Yeah, there's no reason for him to play in preseason. Yeah. You know, and you know, like, he doesn't really need to play anymore. Like, that's the one thing I really respect about Tom Brady. His wife is a multi-gazillionaire. Yeah. He's got a brand. Gazillionaire. What? A gazillionaire. A Nice. Yeah, no, he has no reason to play unless he wants to. So you know, props to him. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would keep playing if I could, and I were him. Actually, I wouldn't because I don't want to destroy my body. But an interesting thing to watch with the Patriots now is they have a running back or just two running backs potentially with James White out of the backfield and Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle had twenty five yeah. carries for one hundred twelve yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that has not happened for a Patriots running back in a very long time. I, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. For multiple weeks with Sony Michelle, I mean he had a rough go at it last week, and uh, I mean this is a this was a game that you know was pure dominance by the, the by the Patriots. They could do whatever they wanted, so sure. you know we'll see in a closer game in a hard fought game what Sony Michelle is able to do. I mean sure. the Dolphins did, just rolled over. He did get five or six uh, touches on the first couple of possessions while the yeah. game was still kind of close, yeah. and the Dolphins were giving up three point three yards per carry to opposing running backs before that. Okay, so. Uh, Maybe yeah, we'll indicative of the, of the running game um, in the home AFC North. The Ravens and the Bengals both look very good. I think ESPN had them at like six and seven in their power rankings. Yeah, I, I uh, we'll see about the Ravens. I, I, I have a hard time believing that they're this good. Bengals seem legit. Their like, offensive line is much improved. Yeah, they can score points. I mean, that's the key with Andy Dalton. It's like don't get him moving. If you can keep Andy Dalton still in the pocket, then he's going to be really good. Uh, he he can't do anything on the run. I know they say he works on it every off season, but <laughs> I mean the fact is, is the guy is a good pocket passer. Yeah, and he's got lots of weapons around him. John Ross is starting to figure it out. Uh, Tyler Boyd's had a great season so yeah, far. And AJ Green's, him. you know, still he's almost AJ Green might be underrated now because he's just been around for so long. Yeah, he's that, in that thirty range. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a scary Bengals team, especially. I mean, Joe Mixon hasn't shown all that much, but Bernard last week looked good. Gio Bernard, I think, is like one of my favorite NFL players, and I get in trouble in fantasy because I always pick him, and they don't use him nearly enough. Yeah. Um, Interesting. The the Bengals look 
very scary. Uh, the Ravens, like you said, I think the jury may be still out on them a little yeah. bit because they did get dominated by the Bengals, which might be a testament to how good the Bengals are yeah. or how maybe not so good the Ravens are. They did shut out the Steelers in second half. Um, yeah, they did. Uh, but I, Steelers are – they haven't won a game yet, have they? Uh, they did. They beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh, that's on right. Monday yeah, night that's last right. That's right. That's couple right. weeks ago. Yeah. Well, they don't look good. They, they don't. do not look good. And Their defense looks terrible. And, like, I know Flacco has all these weapons now. And, like, John Brown's looking good. And mm-hmm. Mike Crabtree, right? Yep. But, and uh, uh, Willie Sneed. And Sneed. Sneed, who hasn't played in seven years. is now, <laughs> now playing for the Ravens. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe it. I don't like Flacco. I think he is a below-average NFL quarterback. And, you know, looks like he, you know, lives in a trash can with Oscar. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, I don't really buy it, but I guess that defense really shut down the Steelers and, like, say what you will about the Steelers. Their defense blows, but they do have weapons on offense, and, and they did get shut down. So maybe I buy that Ravens defense a little more than mm-hmm. I did before mm-hmm. now. Um, not sure I buy that offense. Yeah. Um, but, that, but that's definitely an interesting game. I am glad to see the Steelers sucking. Did you see the news about Le'Veon Bell? I did. He's coming back week seven or eight. Yeah. Um, that will be scary because <laughs> we'll talk about our hometown Browns maybe a little bit more in depth because we watched that whole game. Yeah, I'm trying to at, kind at of work around did. first. Um, he's looking to be back for their second game against the Browns, <laughs> which course. is like, of course he is. Really? Because. Because we, we couldn't even stop James Conner. No, no. On like a really mucky bad day. Yeah. So we'll we'll see about that. Um, well, mucky bad day means checkdowns. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. And um, again, the Ravens. Well, again, we'll talk about the Browns a little bit later. But they do come to Cleveland on Sunday. It'll be a nice test, I think, for maybe both teams. Yeah. Because um, I know Benjamin Albright, one of my favorite Twitter follows. Um, he's a quarterback kind of draft guru. On um, I think he works mostly in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, he put the Browns at number 10 on his power rankings. Wow, that's high. In terms high. of just how well they have played. That's high. I think it is. I think it, I think it is too high, maybe. I don't yep. think I would put them any higher than 16. Yeah. I don't think I'd put them any lower than 21. In, terms of, in terms of how dangerous they look at this point in the season. Yeah. Um, Let's go through and see who they're better than. Despite losing to the Raiders, they're better than the Raiders. I, I, I believe so. They're better than the Raiders. The, the Raiders had their, back against, had their backs against the wall. Yeah. Um, they're, they're better than the Bucks. I believe so also, yes. They're better than the Lions. Yep. They're better than the Cowboys. Potentially. I think they're better than the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys would be a tough game for them. Um, if the, If the Browns I mean, and the Cowboys were to play, I think the Cowboys probably win that game and maybe fairly handily. Um, really, I don't think the Cowboys are good. I don't think the Cowboys are that good either. I just think that it's one of those like two teams that don't look e- that funny that don't see each other a lot. Um, and yes, a bad a, a bad matchup with um, their running game. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, I think they're better than the Bills. Yes, um, better than the better Cardinals. Than the, yeah, they're better than the Cardinals. They're better than the Texans. Potentially, we'll see that later in the season. Yeah, I don't. It's probably too close to call with the Colts for me. Maybe. I think Andrew Luck's back, and that's makes them a good team. Their handling of Andrew Luck has been interesting because they did pull him for a Hail Mary. For that Hail Mary. But then he threw, uh, like, a 50-yard downfield pass yeah. in this game. Interesting stuff. So I don't know. So I think he probably got offended. He was probably they like, did, what the hell, man? They did lose to the Texans, their first yeah, I meant to Texans ask you about first it. Win? What did you think about uh, the, play, the, the, the fourth down going for it? 
because I personally am a fan. Like I know it didn't work out. Yeah, I'm. I, I tend to be a fan of going forward on on fourth down, especially fourth and short. Yeah. Um, the numbers say you're probably going to get it. Yep. And it can just be an absolute backbreaker. And and I get people who are saying like a tie is is better than a loss, and and that decision caused them to lose. It did. But I mean, I think the the team knows where it is it's probably kind of more of a, a building year and seeing what you have year oh certainly um so why wouldn't you go for it get the get the respect of the locker room uh yep. and and just do something gutsy i totally stand by that decision i'm not an ends justify the means kind of guy i'm a process guy and i think it was a good process and a good thought that went into that um especially ties are the worst and i think the nfl at this rate is going to have to look at that in the off season and see what sort of alternatives they can do for this 10 minute overtime period because when we saw i saw last week um or week three uh the saints and the falcons played an overtime game and the saints had the ball for the first eight and a half minutes of overtime yeah that's crazy but like an an eight minute drive is on the longer end but not unheard of it's not crazy yeah it's totally possible for a team to control the ball for all of overtime oh yeah and when i say that's crazy i don't mean like oh my god eight minute drive what i mean like yeah, that that is a, that's crazy when you think about it that they controlled the ball for the entire overtime period. Um, that probably shouldn't be able to happen. No. And that was like the whole point in getting rid of the the field goal wins it right away is that it's not fair. Right. Um, I get why it can't be 15 minutes. I don't know that there is a solution. And um, it, it, yeah, what, what, do uh, you have well, an idea? Joe Thomas proposed a pretty interesting idea. It was you line the two teams up and they have one play each, and you start from the two, mm-hmm. and one team has to get it in the end zone. And if they do, then the other team has to get it in the end zone from the two. And if they both get it, you go back to the five. Huh. And then you go end zone from the five, end zone from the five, both teams get it. And you go back to the 10, 15, 20, and you just keep going incrementally back. I think it keeps the players healthy. And, and you don't count those points. No. Yeah. No, I think you have to count, I think you have to score it like a, like a shootout in soccer or, yeah. or, or hockey. Because those points are meaningful. In like yes. turn, determining uh, yeah. the playoff. Yeah, the point, point differential is, I believe, the primary tiebreaker. Right, um, right. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm glad we both agree on that fourth down call. Um, yeah, oh, and and then we didn't even mention the, uh, there are two more games that I'd like to kind of touch on before yeah. we get into the Browns game. Is One is the Bears. Uh, I don't think, Bears. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Mitch Trubisky is good. I still don't buy it. Um he looked good that day, though. He did. He looked and, very good. Mitch Bucks, Trubisky is toolsy. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's a good way of putting it. But I don't know that he has the ability to put them together. I don't know that he has the ability to read a defense. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks suck. They, They're atrocious Defensively, on they've always been bad. They're terrible. Like, like Mitch Trubisky, I, I, I don't think he'd had even an above-average game in the NFL. This was his sec- It was his second game scoring, passing for more than one touchdown. I, I completely believe that. And 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 I I don't know if this win was more a testament to the the Bears offense or the or the Bucks defense. I tend to think it's the Bucks defense. Mm-hmm. I mean the Bears have a lot of playmakers. I mean Taylor Gabriel's fast, Tariq Cohen's fast. They 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 got a lot of playmakers and if you're slow on defense, you're not going to be able to stop the Bears. I mean and 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 Trubisky's fast. Trubisky can move around in the pocket. Yeah. So so, I mean, I don't think this is necessarily that talented of an offense, but if you're slow, they're going to outrun you. The Bears might be kind of like the Jags of the NFC, 
Um, in I mean, sorry, yes, that's what I meant. The Jags are in the AFC. Yep. Bears are in the NFC. Um, Confidence. They, <laughs> <laughs> um, they have the defense that'll win them games, and they have an offense that needs to score at least twenty points. Right. And I think that the offense needs to not lose it. In, in in most situations, I think the offense does that. I was very impressed by Tariq Cohen. I think yeah. he needs to be, he needs to be on the field far more than Jordan Howard from this point forward. You he think does way more for their offense, I think, than Jordan Howard does. I think Jordan Howard is a nice power back, uh, more between the tackles guy. Yeah. But Tariq Cohen, I think, makes enough people miss that Jordan Howard's. It almost like subsidize or not subsidizes, but cancels out Jordan Howard's power. Like yeah. if you're gonna make a tackler miss either by running them over or making them miss by juking them out, I think Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard are probably a little bit equal in that. And Tariq Cohen's the better pass catcher. I don't know. I think it's kind of a game flow kind of thing. I mean, like look at this past week with the Browns game, which we're about to get into. Um, I mean, Carlos Hyde didn't have it as much as he has in the past. He wasn't bad. But yeah, he, I was, think he had he twenty two for eighty eight and two touchdowns. Yeah, and, and a touchdown. Rather. He was, he wasn't bad, but he he, you know, he tends to wear down defenses, and it didn't seem like he was doing that. And then you get Chubb in there, who's maybe a little more agile, and and Chubb killed it. Yeah, um, surprising because I thought that Chubb was kind of like Carlos Hyde Jr. Yeah, coming out of college because he was the more power back in that Georgia right. duo. Yeah, but but so all I'm saying is like, I think yeah. it is game flow. I think yeah. it's I, I think if you're Going on this kind of long methodical drive, you rather you definitely rather have Jordan Howard in there potentially. So, so I I don't know that I'd necessarily say that they need to have one on the field more than the other, but in that game they certainly needed to have Tariq Cohen on the field. Yeah, and yeah. he was. Yeah, I mean and to he their credit, him. he didn't. They didn't. They didn't do any sort of um, like allegiance to Jordan Howard. I mean, I think Jordan Howard ended up with like six touches, right? Maybe eight touches, and um, so. You had one more game for us? Yeah, one more game. First, uh, we, we should talk about the Chiefs. We should. Um, this was like their first real test. I agree. Uh, especially offensively, because yeah. they had to play a good defense. An, uh, an injured defense, I would say, but yes. I mean, still uh, a pass rushy defense. Yes. I mean, they still oh, yeah. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And I thought the defense played pretty well for the most yeah. part. Yeah, I mean, they were up the whole game, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think Patrick Mahomes, I, I'm the millionth person to say this but he's the real deal i mean that guy 100%. is unbelievable i drafted him in fantasy nice <laughs> nice um he's on top of the world right now i think because he's he is exactly what they need mm-hmm. i don't know that he's like universally superb maybe not yet um, i maybe think not yet i think like he has the talent uh and the acumen that eventually, you know, it's going to be... I, I think he could be like an Aaron Rodgers like what type. A beautiful offense for a guy like Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Well, well, it's the coach. It's all the coach. Andy yeah. Reid is Andy an amazing offensive genius. I mean, he always has been. I mean, those those Eagles teams with Donovan McNabb were, very, were amazing. Very good. And, uh, you know, he turned Alex Smith into something. Yep. Um, he designed an offense around him. Now he's designed it for Pat Mahomes. And... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, say what you will about his game management and, and uh, you know, defensive acumen and that kind of thing. But Andy Reid is the best offensive coach we have. I think and, so. And I couldn't imagine a better and more exciting place for a, a, an exciting young QB to be. I yes. mean, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, I, that, that's what I, what I was kind of getting at is I think Mahomes is, is stellar. I also think that he is in a offense with personnel and scheme that is tailor-made for his skill set. Yep. Which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. 
as a coach and a coordinator. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, so that's I, I get frustrated because I think sometimes our hometown Browns don't do that very well. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Although I think they're doing a pretty good job with Baker. Yeah, I do too. Um, All right, let's get into it. Well, I want to talk about the Broncos real quick. Okay. Because they're an interesting team because they're getting kind of old. They're not quite in that rebuild mode yet. They're, San- Sanders and Demarius Thomas are both 30. Plus. Yeah, I love Emmanuel Sanders. I like Emmanuel Sanders so a lot good. too. Um, Case Keenum is an interesting sort of like bridge guy. I think if you get a franchise quarterback and you can keep the core still together for maybe a year or two more, the yeah. Broncos are scary. They are scary. I mean, that pass rush is ridiculous. Von Miller is, you know, everyone talks about J.J. Watt. I might rather have Von Miller on my team. I, yeah, I never talks about J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, Von Miller. Yeah. It's that sort of like trifecta, right. big three. Right, right, right. And, uh, well, Khalil Mack, I feel like, wasn't as talked about while he was on the Raiders, just because the Raiders, I mean, I think he, he was, was amazing. Like a fifth round pick, I think. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't was... think he's bad. I'm just saying, like, Watt gets a lot of publicity, Miller he gets does. a lot of publicity, Mack gets a lot of publicity now because of that crazy trade. Right. But, like, before that trade, I, I, I mean, he definitely wasn't at the Miller-Watt level for me. No. In terms of, as I mean, I'm not... A sports caster. I'm not a sports writer. I'm not going to pretend to know everything about all 32 teams, uh, but he certainly was not at the Watt uh, and Von Miller level for me. And now, and and now he clearly is. Now he's maybe been the best defensive player in the NFL this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If not the best player in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, potentially there's legitimate MVP conversation. Yeah, I've heard about that chatter. Um, we'll see. It's week. It's week five. Almost. Yeah, he could. We're yeah. going on to week five, so yeah. who knows? There's plenty of week four MVPs. All right, let's let's do like a five minute Browns talk or something. Sure. Um, yeah, you, they I'll, lost. I'll come with you. Initial thoughts coming off a loss. Um, 40, 45, 42 in overtime. I think uh, I think the we got to start with Baker. Sure. I think he looked very good. I think he made some mistakes. I mean, the the strip sack was probably the biggest one. I mean. Just kind of have to sense that and, and know the pocket, and I think that's something that he's naturally good at. And you know, the NFL moves fast, uh, and maybe something that I'll have to adjust with a little bit. I mean, that's the second time it's happened to him, uh, so not great. Uh, f- fumbled snaps are going to happen. They suck. It shouldn't happen, but it mm. happens to everyone occasionally. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I think uh, Joe Thomas had a good um, thought um, on the Tomahawk Show, mm-hmm. great podcast yeah. um, with Andrew Hawkins and Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas was saying that there was a silent count, and um, once that sort of mechanism gets going, he tried to change the protection up a little bit, Baker did, and once that happened, um, the the mechanism of the silent count was already in in motion, mm-hmm. and at that point, you couldn't change it. Gotcha. Um, and so he had one hand underneath the center, but not the not the other one. He had his top hand, but not, not the bottom one. Gotcha. And the snap just went right up, and it was... You know, J.C. Treader thought that the hand was there, and Baker yeah. put it on himself. That Baker was very mature in oh, his he, post-game he press conference. I yeah. loved, I loved watching him sprint down the field with Nick Chubb. Yeah, I know. First touchdown did. run. I was like, that's you were my texting man. me. That's yeah. my man. I love. You that. had nothing to say about Nick Chubb. You're like, look at Baker running down the field. Because Nick Chubb, there's there's nothing to say. He was nothing so to good. say. He, was he killed so it. Good. He killed it. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like. The, the what what happened on the field spoke for itself. Okay, but that's what I saw from like Russell Wilson when he yeah. was at Wisconsin. Yeah, was Russell Wilson throws an interception and is like sprinting down the field to tackle the dude. Well, and Baker did that on his interception. Yes, which, he did. Uh, so the first interception, not his fault. Callaway slipped. Uh, probably should have caught it. Yep. Not probably Baker's fault. Caught it. Uh, people talk about like four turnovers. One of them was a snap. 
One yeah. of them was not his fault. That second interception was dreadful. I think it was I, a dreadful interception. I agree. Um, it was a bad read, bad idea. I think I he think, just forced it. I think he might have thought there went there might have been a PI, a PI call. Um, you throw it high enough, and you throw it in enough areas where there's bodies hanging around and there's contact and if you might get a PI call and that changes the game because you're down on the 15 yard line now yeah. with less than a minute left to go. Well, they were on the 50 yard line. All they needed was a 10, 15 I yard pass, agree. get out of bounds. It was third down. Yeah. Um, yep. So it that... was, it was atrocious. It was double covered. And I, you know, I heard, I heard a little analysis about it. They, they did an out and up, thought it would be there. Uh, it was not there. And I think he just played hero ball. Yeah, and I think maybe. that's a young, confident player. Yep. I think that's a symptom of, of a good thing, which is youth and confidence. And I think he will learn from it. Yep. Uh, I am very excited about Baker. I, I think he looked great. I'd be less excited almost if he was really flawless. Why because, do you say that? Because I would... You don't trust it? I would think that there would be like a catch. Like he's going to throw five picks in a game now. Yeah. Nathan I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's going to be... You're going to take two touchdowns, maybe two interceptions, maybe mm-hmm. three and two, maybe two and one, maybe one and oh, maybe two and oh for a great game from him. Um, a lot of people are talking about he only completed 50, 51.5% of his passes, which is frustrating because he had eight drops. Oh, my God. Cut yeah. that in half. Yeah. Cut that in half, and it's 60%. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not suggesting that receivers won't drop passes because they will. You should – it would be amazing if the Browns had zero dropped passes for the game. But if they had four instead of eight, his completion percentage goes up to 60%, no, which is like a benchmark the, where you need to be. We have talent at the receiver position. Absolutely. We have tons of talent, and they need to figure it out because, you know, they should be catching the ball. Jarvis Landry led the league in, in, in receptions last year. He clearly has hands. Yes. He's clearly a good route runner. He's a great player. Yep. He should not be dropping passes. He's yeah. getting good passes. Yeah, he had he had the first the first pass of the game was yeah. dropped, and then yep. Baker almost made a stellar play on a third and long, mm-hmm. where he rolled out of the pocket and delivered a pretty nice ball. It might have been a little high. Yep. But Jarvis Landry got both mitts on it. Got to yep. pull it in. Yep, I remember that play. Yeah, and and you know what? I I'm a Callaway fan. I'm a Callaway supporter. I am too. Um, he had way too much on his plate that game. He needs to grow up. He really does. I, I, I hate to say it because I like him. I think he's very talented. He needs to grow up. He's, uh, he takes every other playoff. He runs sloppy routes. He drops a lot of passes. These are mental errors. These are, these are things that can't happen in, in NFL ball, football. Yeah. You can do couple, that in college. You can get away with it. He had a couple of balls like go right through his arms. Yeah. And, and, and you've seen the sloppy routes. You've definitely seen I the sloppy I, routes. I think he was maybe a little bit un- misutilized in that in the game against Den, uh, Oakland, rather. Yeah. With him running all these sort of, a lot of jet motion, a lot of him running, um, like, sweep plays or fake sweeps. Mm-hmm. He's more of a guy that you just want to send and, you know, spread the defense out, yep. deepen, deepen the defense, yeah, and then maybe find something underneath. Um, yep. The ball to Orson Charles. I mean, not Orson Charles, Darren Fells. Darren Fells. Was oh, superb. That was beautiful. Uh, I don't think I've seen a Browns quarterback make that. Oh, play. my God. God, yeah, um, that was amazing. And uh, sorry, so, I just climaxed. No, that's <laughs> that's okay. I think it's it's really easy to get excited. And I think if you, I read a few people that were saying like I wasn't impressed with Baker Mayfield. I think if you were, weren't impressed, you didn't watch the game. Yeah, um, it's yeah, that, just like it's, the that stats. it's that simple. Um, I don't want to call anybody out, but there were some people saying like call him out. He only completed fifty one percent of his passes, or he had you know four turnovers. Like he didn't watch the game. Yeah, agreed. 
I mean, that was a crazy game too. That I think this is one of those games that um, you can't like. I I am impressed by Baker. I don't know how much we can take from that game overall, sure. just because of the kind of the weirdness of that game. And playing on a weird baseball field. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it it was pretty clear that it was slick out there. I mean, both teams were dropping, uh, dropping to the ground, dropping passes. Yeah. Um. I guess I, I didn't realize that they keep the grass really short because it's a baseball field. Yeah. And it's still baseball season. I wonder right. if they let it grow a little bit when the A's are done. They must. Um, but it was clear. I mean, clearly everyone was slipping. Yep. Even Raiders players were slipping. Right. Um, not as much. Not as much. Yeah. So it's a little well, that's bit a, of a that's home, a big home advantage. advantage. Um, it was, it was it, right. It was a weird game, but I will say that it looked the most like an NFL game that I have seen the Browns play in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I watched the Browns play on Sunday. <coughs> And then I watched the Sunday night game. Other than last week. And I watched the Monday night game. And I was like, the Browns look like they played an NFL football yeah. game. Oh, it's whereas, so exciting. Whereas in the last couple of years, it's been like, there's the Browns game. And then there's the other 14 games yeah. happening that week that are actual NFL football. And the Browns just sort of like do their thing and crazy stuff happens. Yeah. I think like the difference is, and I think Joe Posnanski hit her in the head. It's like, excuse me, we're drinking beer. We are drinking in in the past beer. In the past, um, you know the Browns. It's been like they're up in this game. How are they going to lose it? I'm like completely numb. Yeah. You know, like if they win, great. They're not going to win. Like that's it. And mm-hmm. and now I'm so hopeful. Like I guess that's the reason why I think tenth is too high because they're still the Browns. And until they they beat a good team. And they play a great game, which they haven't yet. They haven't played a great game yet. Uh, I don't think that this is an above-average team. I mean, maybe potential is there, but, you know, it doesn't matter until they put it together, and they just haven't. It so, is frustrating okay. when the the Browns play a game and score, like, 18, 20 points. Yeah. And the defense gives up, like, 18, 25 points. And in the game, they score 42 points. The yeah. defense goes and gives up 35. I'm going to pull off the pick six, not on the defense. Yeah. And um, pull off the uh, game-winning field goal because that's like extra time. Right. But within the four quarters of football, the defense gave up 35 points to an 0 and 3 Raiders team. Part of that wasn't their fault. I no, mean, like, they, they, they were playing a pretty bad field position. Terrible field position. But Terrence, with Terrence Mitchell out, <laughs> that's going to be rough. Yeah. I'm I mean, nervous I'd almost, about that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say this. I'd rather lose Denzel Ward than Terrence Mitchell because I think the difference between Terrence Mitchell and the next guy is far vaster than the difference between Denzel Ward and Terrence Mitchell. See, I, Like, if Denzel Ward goes out, Terrence Mitchell goes and is our, our number one cornerback. Mm-hmm. A downgrade, for sure, but not nearly as much as a downgrade from Terrence Mitchell to <clears throat> TJ Carey or EJ Gaines. You know, I, I would agree with you if this were a contender right now. I, I, I don't want to see Denzel Ward get hurt. Sure. I want to see him sure. progress. Uh, I just want wins now. Like, we got one. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing is now, I, I, it's crazy because, like, I want wins. And I want this team to win games, but wins don't really matter. Because, I mean, we could sneak into the end of the playoffs if everything went right. I don't see it happening, though. Uh, in, in, in some ways, you don't really want it to happen. Um, you, you think this... I, th- I think this Browns team is maybe another young stud or two away. Yeah. Um, from being like the up and coming team. Yeah. Yeah. From being like the LA Rams. I hope so. I hope you're right. That's a good note. Uh, I think let's take a break. 
Sure. And then uh, when we come back, we'll uh, talk about the MLB playoffs. Yeah. Welcome back to Welcome Distractions. I hope you weren't too focused during the break, which will be edited to be one second. Yeah. So hope you didn't get too focused in that one <laughs> second. Um, yeah, we, we, we just took a, a little half-inning break to watch a bit of the Cubs-Rockies game, which is uh, on right behind me. Uh, just opened up another beer. Got the Weihess Steifener. Uh, I don't know if that's how you say it. The, yeah, the half Vi- it's, it's actually Weihess is it really? Yeah. Vian Stefaner. Thank um, you for sharing that with a, me. A Hefeweizen. It's a Hefeweizen. I need yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's a great beer. I love Vian a German Stefaner. beer. They do make the best beer, I think. Well, but I think uh, I think it's a matter of taste. Like, I think a lot I, of people yeah. like uh, Belgians. Like, I like I, well, I, I told you that I don't like anything very all that dark. So I guess yeah. the Germans do make some pretty good dark beers as well. They do. And uh, I love a Belgian. Yeah. I like Blue Moon <laughs> and Stella. Both Belgian. Well, Blue Moon's not really Belgian, isn't it? Just Belgian style. I think I think Stella is actually Belgian. I I I'm positive Stella is actually Belgian, but I don't know about Blue Moon. Wait, are you sure? Maybe Stella's Swiss. I'm looking it up. Let's see. Stella Artois is Belgian. Shit. Yeah. Sorry. That's a. <laughs> I doubted you. Come on. I'll learn. I'll learn no, from you, that. You, I was fair with the the Blue Moon, though. I'm pretty sure Blue Moon is just a Americanized. Belgian yeah, I ale. think so too. It's a nice wheat. It's I like, like Blue Moon. Yeah, if there's only like cheap beers at a bar, actually, I'll probably just get like a High Life or something like that. <laughs> Are you a High Life over a life or over a light fan? I am High Life over light. I'll take them both over Miller Genuine Draft, which I think is piss. It is booty. Okay. It is booty. <laughs> So we're into October baseball now. October. It is Spooktober slash Broketober. Slash Rocktober, am I right? Maybe. It could be. It's one nothing. I do. I think if I think if this game stays close, I think the Cardinal I think the Rockies are in more danger than the Cubs. Why'd you say that? Um I think the Cubs probably win a closer game than the Rockies do. I think both their bullpens are pretty crappy. We'll see what happens. I hope it stays close, because then this uh this close game could lead to, you know, multi late inning home runs, and that'd be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, I think the Cubs have the advantage in a, in a closer game. Um, I'd I think love the to Cubs have an advantage in a away. longer game, too, because the Cubs are better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you want to you consolidate, play a six-and-a-half inning game, and just be like, oh, oh sorry, rain. Um, okay, so I asked you this question, and we didn't really answer it, um, but I'll get started with the questions, because you always ask me the questions. I've, I'm sort of reminiscing on our past two episodes. You've yeah. asked me a lot of the questions. True. Um, so I'll ask you a question. Which of these ten teams in the playoffs do you think needs to needs to win the most and that's in terms of uh the franchise whether the direction that the money is going um in terms of how far they are from how far they are from being irrelevant um how 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 open their window is the next few years i think this is an interesting year because i think a lot of these teams have open windows for the next couple of years yeah um so one thing i will say is so if i had to rank them in terms of in needing to win this year, I think that the Cubs would be at the bottom. I think that the Astros would be at the bottom. Uh, I think that the Dodgers would be at the bottom. Yeah, I think we can get those three out of the way. Um, I think the Red Sox are probably not quite that low, but, you know, they're, they're a great team. They got guys locked up. I think they'll be good for a while. Um, here's kind of a, a an off-color pick that I think... Um, you may disagree with is I think the Braves 
need to win now. Interesting. Um, and I know they're a young team, and I know they're exciting. Uh, I think the Phillies are going to be good. Yeah, so it's think, more of a question of like what uh, of the division that they play in the competition. Right. I think the Nats are going to be good. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just don't think the Braves are going to have it all that easy. I I think. I think if you asked uh, a, a lot of people, the Indians' windows closing. I don't necessarily subscribe to that belief. I think that the Indians' division is going to be bad for a while. Yeah. I don't think not... the, the White Sox rebuild hasn't gone as smoothly so far as they were hoping. Um, I know you're not a believer in Moncada. I'm still holding hope for him. Um, and Kopech just went down with the Tommy John. Giolito looks crap. I think I think the Indians and, and, and the White Sox are the team with the most hope coming into the league. Uh, well, the Twins, too. But the, the Twins played like crap. And they just fired their manager. They did, which or, was great. Or parted ways. I guess he's going to take up another role with the organization. They parted ways. That's a euphemism. Um, but seriously, he's gonna, he's still working for the twins. So maybe he just doesn't want to manage anymore. Maybe I could imagine. Or maybe they don't want him to. Uh, yeah. So I just think the, the Braves are, are in a, going to be in an interesting division for years to come. I, I love that Phillies rotation. Yeah. I know they had some struggles down the stretch, but I, I believe in, in obviously Nola's, you know, a top three NL pitcher. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, uh, Pavetta's good. And, um, who else do they have? Arietta? (laughs) So Arietta, um, I think you can, you know, he's not the guy he was three years ago, but he certainly is still a quality major league pitcher. Uh, so I, I like that team. And and I think they've got guys like, you know, Reese Hoskins and yep. Odubel Herrera. And, um, you know, I think that's gonna, that team's going to be good for a while. Vince Velasquez is another guy who I think maybe – you know, could put it all together. Zach Eflin, Eflin rather, is, is also very good. Um, yeah, I like the Phillies. I think the Nats are in a good position to succeed. I know they're losing Bryce Harper, but, like, you know, they have Robles, and they have... Um, why am I blanking? They have Robles, and they have uh, the young kid, the 19-year-old. Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy, this is embarrassing. Um... Anyway, this is a good team. This is going to be a good team in the future. It's uh, oh, Juan Soto. I'm an idiot. And they have Trey Turner. And Trey Turner is great, too. Yeah. And and, and uh, hopefully a healthy Adam Eaton. Yeah. I mean, they lost a big piece in him, I think. Um, <clears throat> and Anthony Rendon. I mean, that that's a pretty stacked team. That's a pretty yeah. stacked division. Um, with, I, with two drastic outliers in the Marlins and the Mets. Yeah, they all seem to be in no man's land. We'll see about the Mets. I don't know. The Mets are... The Mets are as good as their starting pitching is going to be. I mean, Syndergaard, a healthy Syndergaard for the full season, and DeGrom is the best one-two punch in baseball. It's better than the Indians. I know that's... That'll get you 40 wins. Yeah. I mean, that's... But that's two out of every five games that you know you're going to be in. And yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Um, so, I, I I think the Braves have to win, and I think the, the Athletics have to win. I, I mean... They're a wild card team. I don't see the Astros. Oh, the Astros are at the bottom of the list too. Yeah, the, I, I don't see the Astros getting bad anytime soon. Um, yeah, that's the scary thing about this is we talk about how them will be a cyclical and you know they're super teams now, but it's just a, a matter of timing and chance. But I don't see any of these teams getting worse anytime soon. What keeps Milwaukee from the top of that list for you? You know, that's a, they're probably near the top. I mean, they're not at the top for me. Um, I think that's a strong team. I, I think that 
you know, they, they missed a full year of Jimmy Nelson, who I think, who was their best pitcher last year. Um, I think Chase Anderson is, is good. And that bullpen is electric. And I know you're not a believer in year to year sustainability of the bullpen, but I think once you get super deep in a bullpen, the, the year to year fluctuance with individual, uh, relief pitchers kind of evaporates because you have eight good relief pitchers. It's yeah. like the Yankees. I mean, you know, some guys might drop off, but they have a ton of hard throwers in the minor leagues, and and that's clearly just a strength of that team. And I think the A's have it, I think the Brewers have it, and I think the Yankees have it. And I think the Astros have it, too, because they can convert, like, they have five good starting pitchers, and then they convert starting pitchers six through ten who have great stuff into relief pitchers, like Brad Peacock and and uh, Lance McCullers in the playoffs last year, and also Colin McHugh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think I, I'm a believer in the Brewers. I, I love Yelich. I know you're not a Yelich fan. Um, you think he's ugly? I do. I think he's <laughs> ugly. And and before this season, he was firmly in that like C tier of baseball stars. Uh, I I disagree. Certainly a coming out party for him this year, though. I mean, I've always been a Yelich believer, and I've always given you crap about you not liking Yelich. Uh, I think he he kind of had a skill set that made him underrated. In that you know he was a, a he was a line drive and ground ball hitter who had a good eye at the plate, uh, didn't hit for a ton of power, and uh, the power went up a notch this year going to the new stadium, and uh, you know he had some bad hip help, but uh, I mean he was the best player in the National League this year, at least position player. Um, I'm not a believer in the NL or I'm not a believer in the pitchers winning MVP, but I think if you are a believer in that, you have to go to Grom. If not, I think Yelich is pretty clear-cut MVP. Yeah. Um, just looking at their baseball ref page, um, this has Yulis Chassin as their ace of the staff. Um, does yeah. that concern you in any fashion? Well, I mean, I just don't think in the playoffs it matters all that much. I know starting pitching helps, but not having starting pitching and having that bullpen is you know, maybe just as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you really need your starting a, a good start for the brewers would be getting them through the fifth inning if you can get if your starter if the brewers starters consistently get them through the fifth inning you know giving up three or fewer runs they're in really good shape because that bullpen is really good i mean they they have so many guys jeffress in the ninth inning uh and then they have hater of course who's been you know probably the best relief pitcher in baseball this year in fact if you look at fan graphs uh, their top pitcher by war, not top relief pitcher, top pitcher by war is Josh Hader, uh, who's pitched 81 innings this year, struck out 16 batters per nine. Uh, he's been ridiculous. Yeah, so they have Jeffress, uh, and they have Knable, who, you know, was hurt and uh, during the year and, and has come back and been ridiculous. He's like, I like to think of him as a better version of Cody Allen. Interesting. Uh, he throws harder, and he's not got tough. a better curveball. Not tough. To think of a better version of Cody Allen. <laughs> but mean, he's like the same yeah. kind of pitcher. Sure. He throws two pitches. He throws a fastball. Fastball, power curve. curve. Yeah. And they're both better than Cody Allen's. Uh, yeah. Jeffress. Uh, Jeffress, Hader, and Knable are probably, you know, three of the best relief pitchers in the playoffs this year. Uh, Joaquin Soria is really good. Um, there's a lot Shockingly. of... Still shockingly pitching, pitching still very good. well, yeah. And then they have a lot of hype around this uh, Corbin Burns, who's uh, who is the number twenty-seven Fangraphs prospect coming into the year uh, as a starting pitcher. But they have him going out of the bullpen too, and he's really good as well. You know, we'll see rookies or hit or miss in the playoffs. 
so um you know we'll see they also have freddie peralta who uh really impressed in his debut season this year throwing like 80 percent fastballs he's like the bartolo cologne for the the brewers and he's really good too i love this brewers team they're they're my favorite team in the nl um i think that i could i could i could easily see them uh winning the nl this year i know it's random but you know if i had to put money on a team and and we're not including this you know we're we're saying that the nl wildcard game is, is hasn't happened yet i undecided I think yeah i would put i would probably put money on the um brewers I would probably put money on them if I were a betting man, which I'm not. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned the the bullpen depth. I was going to ask you, ninth inning, Knable, Hader, and Jeffress have not been used yet. Yeah. Who's pitching? Probably Hader. Okay. I think I don't see a situation in which that will happen. <laughs> sure, okay. Uh, unless they're up big, in which case right. none of them are going to pitch. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think Hader is – I mean, he. everyone talked about, you know, the Andrew Miller type. Yeah. Josh Hader is the Andrew Miller type. He's been that guy all season. He's thrown several multiple uh, inning starts or, or relief appearances, rather. If you look at his innings pitched, he's at 82 or 81 in the third innings, and he's only pitched in 55 games. So, you know, that Capable over half of those – Yeah. Yeah. So 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 his his average is almost two innings per per appearance, and uh, he's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how much you've gotten to watch the Brewers this year, but um, he has looked unhittable, unhittable, and 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 Jeffress is amazing. Je- Jeffress, Knable, and Hader all throw ninety eight. So, I mean, it's really pick your poison. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the Brewers. I mean, I think the Cubs are a better team. And I think the uh, the Dodgers are probably a better team too. Um, but I don't know. I, I I love this Brewers team. I think bullpen really helps in the playoffs, and and I think they're probably my pick to win the NL. Uh, okay. And I'm hoping it is. I think in terms of what a team owes to its fan base, I think I think we have to toss the Indians aside in this because we're biased. Sure. I think the Indians obviously owe the fan base more than any other team in baseball, considering they haven't won in you know seventy years. Yeah, that's almost. That's almost undisputable, but yeah. sure. Um, but casting aside the Indians, I think the Brewers are probably number two. I mean, the Brewers... In have, terms of owing a fan base? Yeah. They've been to one World Series. It was in 1982. They lost to the Cardinals in seven games. Uh, haven't been back. And, uh, you know, this is a team that made the playoffs in the beginning of this decade. Was very good with a peak Ryan Braun. Um, hasn't looked great in the last few years. Didn't look great in, in the, you know, in the zeros as we're calling it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think this team really owes its fan base a victory. I hope to see them in the World Series losing to the Indians. Uh, and uh, yeah, it should be an exciting run. Let's let's do power rankings. Sure. Personally, having a tough time with the, the whole fan base argument with the whole Josh Hader reception. Um, still a little bummed about that. Um, yeah. Don't think, don't think booing was necessary, but a standing O for, I don't know, a standing O for saying that you were young and 17 when you made horrible comments about things. Like, yeah. You're not that young. Look, you're not I think, an idiot. Do I think, hey, I, do I think, you know, he's a great guy? Do I think, like, he deserves a standing O? Absolutely not. Do I think it's possible to handle a situation much better than he did? I'm not sure. I mean, no, he, I don't he think owned so it. Either. He, he did. owned it. He is taking classes. I mean, 
I don't know what more you can ask the guy other than to not do it in the first place. Yeah. Um, I was more talking. I'm not necessarily on him. I'm more saying fan base giving a standing ovation the next day or the next game. I hate to say it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if any fan base doesn't do that. I mean, fans are stupid. I'm sorry out there, people. I suppose. I don't, I I guess it might've been more isolated. Like a few fans here or there giving him a standing ovation. It wasn't like 42,000 on their feet. Do you think um, most fans were upset with the Astros when they traded for Robert Oz- Roberto Ozuna? I don't think so. Do you think most uh, Cubs fans were upset in 2016 when they got a Roldis Chapman? I don't think so. No. I, I, I It's sad, yeah. but, but that's the way it is. I think people care about their teams. I think these, you know, we, we kind of try to separate the athlete from their actions and their behaviors sure and as we do with like artists and what they do yeah for whatever reason when it's convenient it's okay but then you know i mean this isn't a political podcast but uh you know when nfl players take a knee everyone's like oh stick to baseball or stick to football rather but you know when when players are doing bad things and it's convenient for the fan base you know well you know they're baseball players that's all they are i guess i guess that is sticking to the same thing but like it's just convenient. It's just about convenience. Uh, I think if Josh Hader were trash, they probably would not have welcomed him back. But he's been so good, and they welcomed him back. That's just the Fair. way it is. I, mean, I guess as Indians fans, we've been fairly fortunate in that we haven't had a whole lot of situations like that. Yeah. Um, props to the front office for collecting, you know, kind of high-character individuals. Um guys that are pretty easy to root for but we'll, we'll go ahead to power rankings I, I did want to get that out of the way you mentioned the fan base and how they deserved it and i was just a little bit like yeah i got some got some tingles with that that's fair that's completely understood. do you want to do all 10 and then i'll and i'll do all 10 or i'll start with all 10 because mine are probably worse than yours mine are probably less accurate um, you watch <laughs> far more accuracy. you watch far more baseball than i do um so yeah, if, if it's okay with you i'll go first sure no number one team for me um top four are all al teams for me okay um Number one is the Red Sox. Okay. Um, pretty indisputable there. Um, they played I'm not going to put them in number one. Fairly tough division. Um, and they won a whole lot of games. And I think their pitching staff is legit. Their offense is definitely legit. Um, a lot of similarities to the Indians, I think, um, in a lot of ways. Um, they just put it together for a few more regular season games. Um, number two for me is the Astros. Mm-hmm. Defending World Series uh, champions. Basically bringing the same roster back. Maybe even a bit improved. Um, so that's always scary. Number three is the Yankees. Maybe I'm a bit scarred from the ALDS last season. But I think the Yankees are very deep. They don't have a single batter in their lineup that doesn't scare me, who's not named Greg Bird. And um, He's not in their lineup anymore. Well, good, because he's a bum. Well, uh, <laughs> Luke Voigt, man. Their pitching staff all throws like 95-plus, and... Um, that, for whatever reason, is still kind of tough for <laughs> major league hitters. Um, that's just always been kind of bizarre to me. Like, you never you never liked um, you never liked facing guys that threw really hard when you were in, like, high school or, or middle school. Yeah. But um, you think once you get to the professional level, it doesn't make that much of a difference. It does. Um, number four for me is the Indians. Maybe a bit of a homer. Um, I, think, I don't think so. I think they have the proper roster utility to win in October. Um, they're... Record of 91-71 can probably be chalked up to not having a whole lot of um, important games during the regular season. Yeah. Didn't really need to flick any switches or anything like that. Um, obviously, some bullpen turmoil early on in the season definitely set them back. 
Um, the fact that they finished 20 games over 500, I think, is actually a testament to how good they are because they were in that, like, two, three games under and still had in the, had in the division and still knew they could probably win this thing being 500, and they would have. Right. Number four is the – I'm sorry, number five for me is the Brewers. I do think they're the best team in the NL, the most equipped to win. Um, number six is the Dodgers. Um, always a scary team because they win their division every year and they always go to the playoffs. They're always going to be tough to beat because they have the playoff experience. I like their manager a lot as well. Number seven is the Cubs. Um, I think they're a little bit ahead of the Rockies, so I put it number eight. We've talked about the Cubs enough, I think. Um, obviously, they are the World Series champions of 2016, and they also carry almost the same roster, if not a better one. They'll be scary if they win this wild card game. Number eight is the Rockies. Um, sort of the counter of the Cubs. Not a whole lot of playoff experience in, on this team, but they are very good. And as you said, they have a huge home field advantage. So um, they can look to win their games in Coors Field and maybe steal one away That's what they and, have to and, and feel feel good about that. Um, number nine is the Braves. Um, I agree with you that the Phillies are looking pretty good. I do think the Braves are a young and kind of fun team to watch. I'm definitely surprised that they're here. Mm-hmm. I think they I think they maybe surprised themselves, which is why they're number nine for me in terms of power rankings, but I would not be surprised to see them make a run because I think 2016 when you saw the Indians make a run where they were kind of like kind of written off in September when they lost their starting rotation, basically their starting rotation that they lost and yeah. they just sort of had nothing they had nothing to lose. Yeah. And they just played their butts off. Number 10 for me is the A's. I'm not an A's believer. Um, yeah, you hate Billy Bean. I do hate Billy Bean. I think his strategy of being terrible for three years and being pretty good, a wild card team for one year, and then three years later still being bad. For me, that's just me saying I would rather have my team be competitive in the playoffs for eight out of ten years than win a World Series twice in ten years. Well, I think the the strategy with the A's and the Rays and the Pirates all do this is rather than kind of bottoming out and re and and, and rebuilding, mm-hmm. they kind of just try and be a 500 team or a little better every year, and then things go right occasionally. Yeah. That's that's what they do. It's an in- it's an interesting strategy. I don't love, I it. love it. I I don't love, love it. it. I love it with the Rays. I the Rays were probably my favorite non-Indians team this year, and I'm bummed that they were in the division they were because I wanted them in the playoffs. Um, I love the Rays this year. I love their guys out of the bullpen. I love. You know, seeing that opener the whole season. Yeah, I just think they're a blast to watch. We spoke I think... about the Rays earlier in episode one, so yeah. if you want to hear more about Mitch's speech spiel on the Rays, you can go back to episode one. My bad. No, I'm that, no, I th- I'm not suggesting you're being redundant. I'm only just saying if you're listening to this episode for the first time, go back to number one because we talked a lot about <laughs> kind of who we are and what we like. All right, so shoot, sorry, I closed a tab that I needed here. Um, okay, I'm gonna go in reverse order. So number 10 first? Okay. Number 10, Colorado Rockies. Interesting. Okay. Uh, okay. And by the way, mine are in terms of just quality of team, not necessarily who I think has got the best chance because obviously the Rockies being in the wild card game or the Cubs being in the wild card game, et cetera, doesn't affect you know how good the team is, but it does affect their chances of making the World Series. Probably the right way of going about it. Right. So, so Rockies number 10 for me just because I think that the um, – the team, I just think their their bullpen has been trash this year. They went out and spent a lot of money on it. Uh, they're not very and and they're not very good. Their offense has been anemic this year. That's not the usual for the Rockies. Their pitching staff's been really good. We'll see. I mean, the course does weird things, and 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 we'll see. I don't necessarily buy them. Uh, number nine, I'm going to go with the um, 
the Braves. The Braves have excellent position players. Uh, they have... Sorry, I'm getting their sheet open. I should have put this in order. <laughs> okay, so the Braves. Freddie Freeman, stud. Uh, Ozzy Albies and, and Roberto Acuna were two guys who, especially Albies, I think they got a lot more out of than they expected this year. I think Acuna, the fact that they started him in the minor leagues is a testament to the fact that they didn't think they were going to be competitors this year. Sure. Uh, they kind of got lucky in terms of uh, performances from guys like Mark Kakis, uh, performances from guys like Kurt Suzuki and Tyler Flowers uh, and Johan Camargo. I don't think any of these guys were expected to be good. They were all above average players this year. Their pitching is a little worrisome for me. Their bullpen's been very shaky. They're relying on two young guys and A.J. Minter and um, the other guy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and oh, Dan Winkler is his name. They're relying on two young guys, and I'm not sure that's a recipe for postseason success. Sure. And uh, they're relying on Anibal Sanchez. A reborn Anibal Sanchez has been their second best pitcher this year, and I'm not sure I believe in that. So they're in my number nine team. Uh, my number eight team... I'm going to say is the – I'm coming up with this on the spot if you can't tell. I'm going to go with the Oakland Athletics here. And uh, Oakland, I think, is a really good team. I think it's a testament that they're number eight to the strength of the kind of the playoffs this year. Uh, I think that um, Matt Chapman's probably been my favorite player to watch in baseball this year. I mean, the guy is the best defensive third baseman. He might be – you know, up there with Andrelton Simmons and, you know, Kevin Kiermaier uh, as the best defensive player in baseball this year. Uh, the guy is just so fun, and I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I hope they beat the Yankees so we can see more Matt Chapman in the playoffs. Uh, but this is not just a one-man show. Jed Lowry, Marcus Semien, Matt Olson have all had amazing years, and that's not even mentioning Chris Davis, who is the AL League leader, actually the MLB League leader in home runs. Also a guy uh, maybe not many people have heard of, Ramon Laureano. Uh, plays center field for them, 80 defender, 80 arm. He made that amazing throw from center left center field to first base earlier this year to double up uh, the base runner, and he, he's just been amazing. Uh, I'm excited to see some, some great defense. And then I know their starting rotation is bad, but their bullpen is um, absurdly good. Blake Trinan's been the best relief pitcher in baseball this year. Juris Familia, Yuzmira Petit, Lou Trevino, Sean Kelly. Uh, I don't need to keep listing them. There are so many uh, good guys out of that bullpen. Uh, number seven, let's go with the Brewers. I know I just got talking about how they are the uh, maybe my favorite to win the NL, and I love the Brewers. And um, they're kind of a, a two-man show on offense with Yelich and Kane. Uh, Kane made an adjustment this year, and now bad er, OB, OBP of o, almost 400. Jesus. Jesus Aguilar. He had a rough second half but you know 35 homers speaks for itself uh and then their bullpen's just electric i mean their starting their starting rotations not great we've kind of hit on that uh number six let's go with the i said the a's all right let's go with the dodgers uh los angeles has had a rough year they got Corey seager back late in the season uh but i mean you can't expect a lot out of a guy who has been missed the entire year. Max Muncy came out of nowhere. He's been ridiculous this year. I can't wait to watch him in the postseason uh, because, you know, this is a guy. How many home runs did Max Muncy hit last year, Benson? Don't look it up. Zero. Zero is the correct answer. Now he's hit 35 homers. Yeah. And he, uh, before, 
I, I just read an interesting article by Carson Stooley, which was kind of fun. He hadn't hit a single home run off of a 98 or higher mile per hour fastball for the first like 160 games of the season. Hit two <laughs> in the last like 30 games off of 98, 99 mile per hour fastball off of, uh, I forget who the first one's off, but the second one's off Marquez yesterday in the uh, tiebreaker game. He's been ridiculous. Justin Turner missed half the season. Still amazing. Bellinger, Grandal. Grandal is one of the most underrated players in baseball. And, you know, we saw how good Walker Bueller was yesterday. Mm-hmm. They got Kershaw. I mean, you can't sleep on that. Uh, that rotation has been so deep, even though that they've gotten guys hurt. Um, just that pitching staff goes so deep. Dylan Floro is a guy to watch out of the bullpen this year for them. Okay, what was that, number six? Number five, I'm going to go with the Red Sox. Red Sox, um, I know they won the most games this year, but I think they kind of got hot in the beginning and kind of flattened out. Uh, I know Mookie Betts is the AL MVP this year, and I know J.D. Martinez challenged for the Triple Crown this year. Um, and Xander Bogarts and Andrew Benintendi are also really good. Uh, the The offense actually kind of weirdly drops off after that. Uh, and then pitching-wise, I know you're a big price guy, um, and I'm not a believer that price is not good in the playoffs, but uh, I think price and Porcello are both a little bit overrated. Um I like Ivaldi. We'll see how he does. And, and and obviously, Kimbrel's really good. But besides Kimbrel, I don't know uh, what they have out of the bullpen. I don't think it's all that strong. Uh, and finally, Chris Sale. We'll see. I mean, he's an injury away. I mean, and if, and if Chris Sale's hurt, if Chris Sale's not 100%, the Red Sox are in big trouble. Okay. Uh, number four, let's go with the Cubs. The Cubs are really good. Their offense has been really struggling this year, and uh, and 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 Addison Russell obviously will not be with the team uh, due to off the field issues. Javi Baez, if Yelich is not the MVP, then Javi Baez is. Uh, he's been ridiculous this year. He swings at everything. He's a blast to watch. Best tagger in baseball, one of the best base runners in baseball. Um, just just a lot of fun. I love Javi Baez, and then they have a guy like Zobris who you can never count out. Uh, Rizzo's had a bit of a down year, Chris Bryant, but you know the, we know what those guys are capable of. They could get hot at the right time. And there's been a lot of talk about this uh, this pitching staff not being as good as as people expected, but it's been a, still a strong pitching staff. I think it's a deep pitching staff. Uh, Hamels has been ridiculously good for them. Lester, uh, he's looked good today, and he, and he he's a good pitcher still. Hendricks has had a great year, and I still think Quintana Quintana rather is good, and their bullpen is deep. Number three, let's go with the Indians. Uh, I hope the Indians win. I hope they're the number one team. They're, they're, they're really good. I think you hit it on the head. I don't think they had any reason to try and win 110 games this year. The, their choice was winning 110 games and risking injury and, and running out of gas or resting players, You know, trying new things out of the bullpen, trying new pitches, whatever. I mean, this was an extended spring training for them. I don't think we can... I, I don't know how much we can take at all from the regular season of the Indians. And I know the playoffs are random, but I think the Indians are a better team by far than their regular season record. Their Pythagorean was 98 and 64. And I think they are a really strong team. I think they might even be better than that. I think they're you know, a deep. I, I mean, going on to the Indians, I, I don't want to cut you off. You're on oh, a roll. Oh, I was blathering. Um, no, that's okay. I like that you just kind of went, went all through. Um, what I think about is interesting about the Indians is that I, I do think that they were a team that was built to play in October. I agree with that. And not a team that was built to win the division because you could build any team. Uh, and, and it looks like DD is okay after that scare. It was built to like win the win, like have the, have the most wins in Major League Baseball. Yeah. This is a, 
a deeper lineup than I think it's given credit for and uh, a deeper pitching staff than I think it's given credit for even. Uh, you look at there's some there's some down years from pitchers who have been pretty good. Yeah. Um, they're not a lot of faith in Cody Allen for me personally. Yeah. Um, Andrew Miller looks like he's back where he should be. Hopefully. Um, he got kind of smoked in the later games. Brand hand. Brad hand was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Brand hand. Brand um, hand. I hope that your thesis about Adam Simber actually being good is good. Is, is <laughs> You're not a Simber believer. Um, he throws 84 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, but he's deceptive. And I, I, I think like, uh, I think he was getting just a little too much of the plate um, when he came over to the Indians. I think if you look at the Indians and the Padres numbers this year for Adam Simber, it's pretty eye opening. Let me pull those up now. Um, Adam Simber with the Padres this year. He had a 3.17 ERA. He was striking out 9.5 per 9, walking 1.86 per 9, giving up 0.37 homers per 9. Had a uh, 52% ground ball rate, low home run per fly ball. Um, looked really good. His, his peripherals were actually better than his ERA. Moves over to the Indians. Strikeouts went from 9.5 per 9 to 3.1 per 9. That's not going to continue. He's had seven strikeouts since the deadline. Yeah, his strikeouts and walks are actually equivalent. He's given up lots of homers. Um, I I don't know exactly what happened there, but I I don't see him being this pitcher. I think he's had a rough stretch at it. Maybe it's tough for a rookie to change teams. You don't see that too often. No, but um, you also don't see 27-year-old rookies too often either. Especially not sidearm 86-mile-per-hour throwing ones. No. <laughs> I mean, I just think... You know, they're humans, and we forget that sometimes. I think moving, I, I think finally making the major leagues was a big deal, and then probably changing teams afterwards was maybe hard on the guy. I hope he's good. I hope he's a piece for, for years to come for the Indians. We need him. Um, yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And and you know what? We're going to do top five a wrong takes, and we're not going to be able to do that because of time. Um, but, you know, I think Melky Cabrera, I don't like him. I don't think he's a good player. I think he's a good piece. I think he's an average hitter. And, you know, even if he's coming off the bench or even if he's playing the first five innings of the game, I think there's a, a there's always a place for an average hitter, especially near the bottom of the lineup. I wanted to buy into your Melky Cabrera is bad. Like, he is sort bad. Of take. And, and I, I agree with you. It just like in terms of his quality as a baseball player, but yeah. he has never slumped. Yeah. Well, which is nuts to me because I'm like, okay, he's batting like 286. OBP is not great. Um, power numbers aren't great. He's batting, but he's, he's up there. He's up yeah. there in that like realm that you'd like a hitter to be and you know he'd kind of go down to like 274 and then it would like climb back up he yeah. just never he never slumped which was crazy to me horrible you know, right fielder though i yeah he's an awful defender and he's an average hitter at best and i hate his approach at the plate he swings at uh, an above average amount of balls and when i say above average i mean a higher than average amount of balls and a below average a lower than average amount of strikes that's the opposite of what a hitter is supposed to do uh, obviously, uh, I can't stand the guy, but you know what? He's been an average hitter this year and there's always room for an average hitter at the bottom of the order, coming off the bench, whatever. Uh, he's an important piece for the Indians. Uh, all right. Blather not enough about the Indians. Number two, we're going to go with the Yankees. Um, they're scary. I was scared of the Yankees last year when they won the wild card. And, uh, I will continue to be scared of the Yankees, um, because they're real scary. I mean, that bullpen we've touched on it is, um, you know, the best in baseball, um, you know, if one guy's not on, they'll give it to the next guy. I mean, it's just the amount of, uh, talent they have, the amount of hard throwers they have, uh, out of that bullpen is 
ridiculous. Um, and they found a guy in Luke Voigt coming out of nowhere, hitting like, what? let's see, Luke Voigt. He just played in 39 games this year. He is eighth on the team in F-War in terms of position players with 1.9 in 39 games. He's hit 333, 405, 689 slugging. Uh, the Babips, unsustainable. Doesn't matter. He's hit 14 home runs in 39 games. I mean, that's one every 10 at-bats. That's Ruthian. Um, and, and and they got a lot of production out of Claybar Torres, Miguel Andujar. Watch out for Andujar. His defense has been the worst in baseball this year. He is the worst defender in baseball this year. And it would be fun to watch uh, the Yankees blow it based on some bad defense from third base. Uh, I know the nation would rejoice in that. Uh, Yankee Nation be damned. Judge was great this year. Aaron Hicks uh, actually stayed healthy, and he's outstanding. He was so bad. He, he was I know. so bad I know. with the Twins. He was terrible with the Twins. And then he goes to the Yankees, and he hits like fucking 450. Classic it's Yankees. It's so annoying. He Aaron Hicks walked 15.5% of his at-bats, or plate appearances, rather, and struck out in only 19.1. That's exceptional. That's 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 almost Troutian. Um, that's, that's right. They're starting. Um, so Mitch was talking about the Yankees, and um, hopefully we'll just be able to pick that up. I, it wasn't a matter of, oh, now I'm doing it again. You, you got Chapman, you got Batantis, you got Chad Green, David Robertson, Jonathan Holder. I mean, they go five deep throwing, you know, 98 or with, you know, plus plus curveballs in David Robertson. I mean, I, I'm afraid of that team. I uh, I really hope that they lose to the Red Sox because I think the Red Sox are more beatable. Actually, you know what I really hope is they lose to the A's. That'd be great. And that would be excellent. Wouldn't that be amazing? That could happen. The best too. part about the wild card game. Hey, you know what's great is that A's have almost – exclusively righties out of the bullpen and the Yankees have almost exclusively right-handed batters. Like if you're talking about matchups, A's have a huge platoon advantage in this wild card game. Number one team, cross of elimination, Houston Astros. I mean, they're the defending champs. They were the best team in baseball this year, in my opinion. Uh, They were the best team in baseball last year, in my opinion, other than the Indians. Um, And I guess the Dodgers were really good last year too. But Bregman's taking a step up. He's a star. He's a top five player in the AL. Um, Jose Altuve, obviously, and you got Springer, who was hurt for a lot of the year. Correa, hurt for a lot of the year. I want to say he's back. Am I wrong about that? Uh, Nope, he is back, I believe. Yes. So you got, you know, four studs right there. And then their starting pitching has been better than the Indians starting pitching this year. I don't think it's a better rotation than the Indians. I think the Indians had guys with down years. I think Kluber had a down year. I think Carrasco had a down year. We got Bauer was out for a while. Um, and, and Indians got like 50 awful, awful innings from Tomlin that without, uh, you know, the Indians rotation might look a little better, big picture, but you know, Verlander, Cole, Keiko, Morton, McCullers is, you know, one through five is an excellent starting rotation. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm terrified of the Astros. Yeah, when Dallas Keiko is kind of the weak link there, you know, it's real good. Yeah. And, and Keiko's had a down year. And, and even in Keuchel's down year, his ERA is 3.74 with peripherals to back that up. I'm slightly encouraged that the Indians have um, hit Justin Verlander all around the park his Always. whole career. Always. Um, he's actually been convinced that we've stolen signs, um, <laughs> which is just classic Justin it's Verlander. Hogwash. It's like, man, if someone hits, if a team really hits me really hard, they must be cheated. Yeah. Fuck Justin Verlander. Yeah. That's why I, I think I'm most looking forward to that. I was talking to series. our most famous uh, uh, listener, Kate Upton, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually instructions. Yes. And exactly. our old boy Joe Smith turned his season around. Okay. And here's a guy. Talk about like guys turning around on good teams. Charlie Morton 
bad. He was a bomb. He was terrible. He threw like a 90 mile per hour sinker, gets hurt, goes to the Phillies, gets hurt, gets signed by the Astros, throws 98. He's been ridiculous this year. Justin Verlander was terrible for the Tigers two years ago, goes to Houston, strikes out 12.2 per nine, walks 1.56, having one of his best years ever. Maybe Trevor Bauer was right. About them cheating? Yeah. Oh, he, they, I, the Astros are like cutting edge and everything. I, it wouldn't shock me. I was mostly kidding. But, I, yeah, it, it is interesting how they get these kind of guys who maybe weren't so good and then yeah. turn them into stellar pitchers. If you look at F4, by the way, this is Justin Verlander's. It's tied for his second-best season. In, in a storied career, this has been his second-best season. His best season was the year that he won the MVP, I believe. Yeah. So, actually, I don't think that's true. Really? It wasn't yeah. B-War, at least, I think. Yeah, well, because uh, in F4, his ERA was worse than his peripherals uh, in 2009. But, yeah, regardless, uh, Justin Verlander has been ridiculous this year. Hopefully the Indians continue their dominance of him. Um, yeah, that's my power rankings. Um, I think that if I have to make a prediction, I would say Astros Brewers. Uh, I'm hoping for Indians Brewers. I'm hoping for Indians Braves and the Indians get revenge for 1995. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be great. Indians Cubs would be fun too. Indians Cubs would be scary. As as Indians fans? Yeah, what if we lost again? Yeah, that would suck. I think we're so much better equipped to win though. We're not even the best we're, we're more You know what? I hate the Cubs. You know, <laughs> fuck the Cubs. You know, their fan base are a bunch of spoiled brats. You've won one World Series in the last 3 million years, okay? You've been to one World Series since 19-fucking-45. Grow up. Your team won 95 games this year. Shut up. Jesus Christ, they pissed me off. One thing that drives me nuts about the Cubs is that they think, Cubs fans, they think it's like all all tough luck or, or that they're like the underdogs, but they've been a massive market, high-budget team forever. Yeah. You know how much dead money they have right now? A lot. Hayward and you Darvish are a combined three hundred million dollars. Yeah, and they can just do that. Yeah, like that. You're you're not you're not, you know, you're not the lovable losers. You're the Yankees. You just suck instead. The, yeah, the Indians are handcuffed by the contracts of Jason Kipnis and Edwin Encarnacion, which are fifty-two and sixty million dollars. You Darvish is one hundred twenty-six million dollars. Jason Hayward, I want to say, is in the one hundred eighty range. I mean. It's ridiculous. I will say we will we'll do top five cold takes at some point in this episode. Yeah. I mean, not in this episode, but in this podcast. In this year. Um, you Darvish was not one of mine. Uh, I still actually am a you Darvish believer. I just think he had a rough year. I think he's a bum. Yeah. But um, perhaps on that note, we'll finish it off. Yeah. Um, this is, we're at about an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, it's a little over what we wanted to do, but that's, I think, okay, I think we, we had a good talk. second half. I also will apologize, um, Mitch, you don't know this, but I screwed up on the record. Um, it wasn't a matter, oh my goodness. What it wasn't a matter of him messing up. I just clicked on the wrong spot and then started recording from like five minutes back. Um, so I'll go back and try and fix that the best I can. Um, but um, until then, yeah, well, until next week. Yeah, people. stay distracted. I think we'll do music next week. Yeah. And we're just going to risk it all. Um, apparently playing playing music on a podcast that we don't own is illegal. Um, hey, you know what we should do? What should we do? We should just play the music of the musicians that we most want to meet and talk to. 
and that way, then their legal oh, team will have to reach call out to us. us and be like, "Hey, we need to talk to them first part, Ex- first party, first exactly." <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna be playing all Paul McCartney and uh, and uh, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kendrick, if you're listening out there, uh, you should call us and sue us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Until next Please. week, we're new music. Uh, we'll talk about our favorite uh, summer. You know, we could talk about our albums of the year so far. Sure. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I like uh, it. The year is three quarters over, and that could be a lot of fun. Um, and you know what? I'm going to call it right now. We're going to do our top five favorite movie music moments. Ooh, okay. I like That'll it. be fun, right? Yeah. All right. And, and, and we might refine that a little further because it's such a broad category. I might even say, you know, we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll go, you know, five favorite music, movie music moments by a single director or something like that. Because um, it's just so broad, and, and there are so many good movie music moments. But you know, until next week, um, you got any good plans for this week, Ben? Uh, I work a lot. You work a lot. Yeah, got to make that money. Stock room at Pottery Barn, baby. <laughs> it's also Broketober. Like all the uh, new video game releases come out in October, so oh. I gotta gotta save up that money. Well, we already broke sober October. We did yeah. so sober. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I all like right. It. Until next week, everyone out there, stay distracted.